Diddle and um, British Strongman Podcast. So today I'm going to talk about the merits of the Mongback and what and why it actually may be helpful to to get strong and build confidence and resilience with your your spine not completely straight. So this is uh, kind of going against what is what is written down in a lot of textbooks and stuff, but. I think in the real world, what I'm gonna what I'm gonna say to you has um, some relevance, and I'm talking specifically in the context of strong man, strong woman, not for general population, etc. So <clears throat> this is really relevant if you if you're competing in strongman. So I just want you to think about flexion. So I want you to think about bending bending forwards to pick up an object, or when you do when you do think about your deadlift. People really uh, encourage that you keep your back straight on deadlift to protect the spine, blah, 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 blah. But what about when you're picking something up like a Husserfell stone? Um, some of you may, may not be able to imagine doing this if you've never done it before, but the object is um, when, it, when it's on the floor, like the object is going to be... You, <coughs> You can use your full hip, full hip flexion. If you've got a good hip hinge, and you can, um, you can even use a little bit of upper spine thoracic flexion or bend, um, which is is advised because the the thoracic, the part of the spine, which is the thoracic, is is supposedly designed to to move to flex and extend, whereas a lot of um, literature suggests that we should keep the lumbar spine neutral and uh, try and minimise movement from the, from the lumbar spine, especially under load. But what happens if you've used all, you've got this perfect hip hinge, you've got, you're really in tune with uh, flexing your thoracic spine and you still can't reach the fucking object. What are you going to do as a as a strong man, as a strong woman, athlete, when you've got an object that you need that you need to lift up? Are you going to say, "Oh no, my um, I can't, my my lumbar my lumbar spine. Um, I don't want to flex my lumbar spine. I don't want to pick that object up. It's going to be too risky." Well, no, you don't. You go and pick it up. Um, so the same thing is true when you when you go to pick a sandbag off the floor. When you go and pick an atlas stone off the floor, like can you? Most of us, being honest, can you can you keep um, can you keep a neutral lumbar spine whilst you whilst you're doing this? Probably not. So, what I think that we should all all be aiming to do is is get get strong in this position and. Um, and, and build build resilience. So let's let's talk about the let's talk about going the other way. So uh, extension. So basically, when you're imagining you you you're leaning back, and uh, some people might refer it to you arching your back or whatever, where which may be relevant when you when you're doing stuff like say overhead pressing, or uh, like Shane Shane promotes the 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 head back cue for the for the log that we've talked about a couple of episodes ago 
where where he actually promotes this kind of um this this extension of the spine to to put you in a in a more more suitable position to to basically in, incline press and use your get get your delts and your pecs a little bit more engaged in your in your in your overhead press so to achieve this position even if you've got really really good hip extension and really good um, upper spine extension sometimes you just you just can't go you can't go far enough um, without to be in a good position to produce force without actually just arching the back a little bit and arching the lumbar spine a little bit and and getting to get into the, this position that's more favorable to press some people may argue that the kind of um the point that i was putting across when we were discussing the the, the mm. overhead and the log that like uh, a weightlifting pro weightlifting approach may um suggest more keep promoting keeping the the spine straight and stuff and blah 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 but let, let's think of another example let's think of like front carries that's that are really common so you're doing a you're doing a, a front like say um a sandbag carry or a husa carry or whatever and you've you've got it you're trying to position that object on your body and trying to position it in a place where it doesn't slip down. So the, the easiest way to do this is, is actually pushing the hips, get, like foot fully extending the hips and pushing, thrusting the hip forward, like shagging, and then almost letting, letting your tummy button go, go forward. So basically you're positioning your hips under the object. You're letting your shoulders go behind the object and this is just gonna gonna create like um, it's just gonna create that that kind of it, it's basically bringing the object um, and balancing it over over pretty pretty close to the middle of the foot in terms of your center center of balance. But if you're if you're obsessed with the keeping that lower back straight, you're not gonna find this efficient position at all, and you're always gonna be fighting against that. That object pulling you, pulling you forward. So, another example is when you when you're extending up with the stone. So if you're 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 ex, you're reaching up and, and extending up with the stone, like going to a high platform, <clears throat> you're going to get to the point where your your hips, knees, ankles, you've hit the, that triple extension phrase that people talk about you hit that triple extension but you just need another couple of inches height so what do what do we do we if you slow-mo your videos what what most people do when they're when they're reaching up and they've fully extended the, the hips knees and ankles what they'll do they'll keep they'll get some extra height out of the stone by almost imagine pushing the the tummy button into the stone which is in turn going to um arch that lumbar spine it's going to put that lumbar spine into it into extension and it's going to enable you to 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 get that get that extra height 
Um, so again, going back to like a weightlifting approach, the weight the weightlifting um, kind of view on this or angle of this would be don't let your shoulders go behind the bar. They don't want you to go into that kind of lumbar extension. But the stone or the sandbag is not a barbell. A barbell is a lot easy because of the because of the 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 size of it. It's a, it's so much in the shape of it. It's so much easier to keep close to that center line as we as we as we as we get extension. Whereas the stone, you constantly fit like a lot of the mass just because of the shape of it. He's he's pulling you he's pulling you forward because of that. Um, yeah, but ju just because you you struggle into to keep it close to that midfoot because of the because of the size of it so we whether whether you whether you're aware of it or not most of us when reaching up to a high platform will kind of go into this shoulders behind the object extension position that <clears throat> Yeah. Anyway, I think you. I think you know what I mean. Anyway, um, so same same when you're doing like a a, a Husafell carry, it's just so. A lot, a lot of people fail fail a, fail a Husafell because they'll get to the point where their um, their elbow, their, their arms are sore or whatever, or they're being pulled forward too much. So the bit. In my opinion, the best way to counteract this is is really push the hips forward, and embrace this like hyperextended position in your spine where your hips are fully extended, your thoracic spine's fully extended. So the only place you've got to go is is extending at that lumbar spine. And if you do this next time you next time you try it and try it with a light load. You're going to be able to find a position where you think, "Oh my God, like my arms don't feel like I'm I'm fighting I'm like oh, fighting against the the object being dropped down because it's actually so much more balanced over this over the center line." So hopefully this makes sense to some people. So I've covered the the why why flexion may be relevant, why extension may be relevant. Um, if you go, if you're using the front carry as an example, like a sandbag or a Husafell or whatever, you're actually going from this kind of flex, flex position to pick the object up to actually an, an extended position. When once you've got it in the in the kind of in the rack position, or when you, or when you're holding it on your on your torso, so you're actually putting the uh, putting the lumbar spine through through quite a big quite a big degree of change there which uh, a lot of people are scared about when that when they think about it logically um but in real life if you if you embrace that and just let it happen like i've seen very 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 few few injuries from uh, back injuries from as long as people are not being irresponsible with the load and um and uh, lifting too too heavy for their experience level like I've I've rarely rarely seen like a, an injury or a niggle from um from doing like carries and stuff like that. Um, 
so how you could train this so what so how you could train this you could do um how you could train this in a safe way how you could train this in a safe way in my opinion would be um obviously training training the specific object but what you could do as assistance exercises to to bias this development stuff like say stiff leg deadlift uh, stiff leg deficits where you're actually embracing that you go into that end range of thoracic flexion hip flexion and you're like hey up i've got to um i've got to flex my lumbar here to to actually reach the bar and then once you start doing those with like i say an appropriate load so starting off at low percentages and build up your confidence as you go along. Um, you you may be surprised with the fact that you probably don't die. Your back probably won't fall off if you if you prioritise keeping the load light and uh, and being patient with it, whilst keeping the bar path optimal, keeping it as close to mid foot, making the bar path. It uh, is is a straight line, not letting it go forward at all. I think you'd be surprised at the resilience you can build up through doing an exercise like this. So, using um, one of my, maybe my next major competition that I'm training for, where I've got a, a log lift and it's log press from the floor from bumper plates. So. If you've uh, ever tried to lift a log log from the floor with bumper plates, again, this is another great example of you can't help but but set up with um, with anything other than a than a, a rounded uh, a rounded back. It's very very difficult not to. So when this came up and I first started training this, I thought, oh my goodness, I feel so so good and so so confident the fact that i've been building resilience and building strength in a in a flex position for so long because maybe a couple of years ago when i was trying to get trying to get um trying to do all my lifting with the straight back as possible um i would have been really scared about this and it would have probably would have hurt um because i'd have been trying to trying to get trying to keep an unrealistic position really trying to set up with a with a with a flat back which would have been really an efficient way to pick that pick that log up because it's so far in so far in front of you when it's on, uh, on the floor and the center of mass is so far away from your center of mass so um and then the other thing that i've got i've got got a, got a medley with a with a hoosa fell in um sandbag again when i'm picking up that who's who's fell i'm just like i'm just so confident attacking it because i'm because i'm i've built up so much resilience in that in that flex flex spine position um so in terms of extension how you can build up um build up resilience and confidence that your spine's not going to snap so doing stuff like like Shane recommends doing um, say doing some strip doing some strip presses doing some log strip presses, um, but just getting confident with with pushing the hips 
hips a little bit forward, like a little bit further forward in front of, say, if you're using log as an example, try getting your hips in front in front of um, in front of the log. Start off light because you don't want you don't want to um, obviously go go too heavy and think that that's you don't want to go too heavy and then blame the exercise for for hurting yourself when when actually it's just an inappropriate load like we talked about before. Um, but just have a bit have a bit of a play around with this uh, this kind of pushing you pushing your hips forward when the logs in the rack and um, and you the more that you get your the, your hips forward the more that you're going to be able to um, just just get that that spine into a little bit more extension the more extension you get in the spine the the more you're going to be able to activate these kind of front delts in the strict press, blah, 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 blah. Um, and then this is going to be, if you, you get used to this kind of hips forward, hips forward cue with the, when you do your front carries, you're going to be, you're going to find, if you're, if you're somebody who, who does front carries and feels like, or like most, a lot of your energy is, is, a, is used with your upper body, trying to keep the object from falling, then this is going to be so relevant for you. Like if you feel like you do you do a sandbag and your your arms are you finish your sandbag carries and your biceps are really sore, or you're doing a hoosa carry or a keg carry or whatever, and you, your arms are arms are really sore and you you're giving up because of your biceps, then these cues are going to be for you because um because get building resilience and uh, getting confident with that kind of that that extended position at the spine is going to make that rack position or um, that position where the object is on your torso feel, I use the phrase weightless, but that's what you, that's what you're searching for. You, you get a, whatever it is, whether it's an eight kilo, hundred kilo, 120 kilo sandbag, you should be able to find a position where, where, you, where almost your arms are relaxed because you're not, if you're using your, if you're using your arms to keep a, 120, 140 sandbag in position, you, you're missing the boat completely because it's just so inefficient. Whereas if you position your your hips and your spine in a position that keeps the load a lot closer to mid foot, it's going to feel a hell of a lot lighter. And it's going to be um, in a lot better position to 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 do better in the in the in the specific event. So going back to the start where I've said <clears throat> about this is important about the context of strongman, strongman people competing because you go to you go to a comp day and you're just you're just going to be thinking about lifting that way anyway, anywhere possible. And I suppose fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure. Basically, if you watch you watch your competition videos where you just go into autopilot and you just go go and lift the weight anyway anywhere possible, like a lot of people um, say, oh, well, you're doing the doing the strongman lifts and you you're monging it or whatever. Whereas actually, if you if you if you're you monging it. Could actually be a way of your 
your body saying to you that it's basically your your body's finding an efficient position to live uh, to lift in. So if you're getting if you're getting pulled into flexion and you can't or extension on any lift and you feel like you can't do it the textbook way or what what you see people tr- trying to achieve with um, neutral spine on it on, on everything or flat back on everything if you you can't really achieve that with your with your competition lifts when you're in comp mode then you probably that's probably a more efficient efficient way to lift for you um, is a lot closer to that kind of comp monginess or what or what or whatever it, whatever it seems whatever anyway I'm fucking rambling I've gone off on gone off on one here um, kind of going into another episode here but but yeah but basically just to, just have a have a go and see 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 what feels more com- comfortable build up re- build up resilience in these kind of these positions that because what a lot what I see a lot of people doing is actually the this is a good th- good way to wrap it up what I see a lot a lot of people doing is they try and try and achieve these perfect positions in training that look beautiful if anybody looked at them and analyzed them at they'd think, oh yeah, great, you're keeping your straight back, you're keeping your knees from wobbling, you look great, at submaximal loads. Then they go to competition and kind of bury the head in the sand about the fact that they've just fucking monged five events and the, the, uh, the competition lifts look nothing like what they've been doing in training. And they've managed to get through without an injury. So they just kind of bury the head in the sand of... Um, Oh yeah, well it was comp day, so I just monged a few. Whereas, I suppose what I'm saying to you is like, open up your instead of burying your head in the sand, open up, open up your mind to the fact that actually some of these kind of seemingly mongy positions, you're kind of maybe doing your body a disservice, and argue we're putting it at more risk if. These positions that you're inevitably going to go to in competition or when the pressure is on, when you're lifting heavy weights, you're doing yourself a disservice if you're not strengthening those positions and building confidence, building resilience, spending time in those positions in in training in order to build this kind of um, this 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 resilience. So what's a, what's another episode is the fact that how you change these monkey positions into something a little uh, like a little bit more textbook in terms of in terms of positioning, and in my opinion, that's done with with all your assistance work, and um, and basically where where you where you where you'll break it down and you think right well what when I do when I do comp weight on, on exercise X or, or when I do comp weight on deadlift, my hips shoot up, my back rounds, um, I get get kind of pulled out of this position. I try and maintain this beautiful position from the floor, but I, I get I get pulled out and so 
<clears throat> suppose my kind of approach is the position that you that you're that you're strongest in and, and lifting maximal loads in without without getting injured. Like I, I'm a big fan of taking the approach of these positions, even though they may not may not look beautiful. Uh, right now, are your more most efficient position to lift in. So, if your your goal is you're competing in the next couple of months or whatever, and you want to smash the deadlift for reps, like I think you, sh- I'm a fan of embracing your strongest position, how beautiful it looks or not, and actually building resilience and building volume in this in this position in order to lift lift the the most weight so if you see errors in there that are just getting magnified and say your your back's rounded even more as the as the weight goes up and basically you're running out of leg drive and your hips are shooting up or whatever or you might be somebody who you keep you keep a neutral spine but you 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 need your knees really caving or wobbling as you as you go to leg drive from the floor, and this just gets worse as we go to heavier weights. So identifying these flaws can lead you to, to maybe what to do for your assistance work and what you do, can do for your accessory work to, to make it more, um, and, and almost use your accessory work to make the, the kind of main lift more pretty, if that makes sense. That, that's kind of my simplistic approach to if if i had if i have a client who says right i'm i'm already really strong i'm lifting x y and z i've got a competition in three months um we're not gonna have a we're not gonna have a phase where we can completely repattern all the lifts like that that's definitely how i do it um and how i do do it is embrace the strongest positions right now for every individual lift where they can produce the mo- express the most force possible by the in the context of the lift that they're doing, while staying injury free. And then we would use the assistance work to, over time, make the make the main lift or the strongest position a little bit more close to what we would describe as optimal in terms of textbook. So hopefully that, that gives you some ideas for your own training. <clears throat> By no means am I promoting that you, that everybody should lift with a rounded back, hyperextended back. But <clears throat> I am saying that if you're open-minded and you spend time trying to work out your most optimal positions for lifting, there are certain exercises that may be more suited for some people, may be actually safer and be able to keep the object closer to midfoot and the center line, therefore reducing shear forces through the spine, actually with slight movement in the in the lumbar spine whether this be flexed or extended so hopefully this has um, been thought provoking for some some people so let me know how you get on if uh, if you go and Im- implement some of the the stuff that i've suggested and explore
Diddly-dum-dum. <laughs>